So right now I'm still in the process of cooking. But Jimmy and I have already started to eat a little bit of what I already made because I haven't finished everything. By Jimmy, he means him. This thing was Oh, Jimmy hot. can't. <laughs> I can't Jimmy eat. hasn't taken a bite because it's, it's steaming, steaming hot. <laughs> it looks hotter than outside right now. But um, this is called uh, Puff Pastry Pesto Chicken. Puff Pastry Pesto Chicken. PPP. It's like super chicken. easy. Puff I mean, it takes a little bit of pepper. prep to like put the pastries on top, but like you don't have to Can make you the pesto. Say that fast. Puff pastry petro. Probably not. <laughs> not petro. Puff, pa- puff pastry <laughs> pesto okay. chicken. Puff That's a tongue twister. Chicken. But like you don't have to buy. You don't have to. I mean, you don't have to make the pastry or anything. You just buy it. They make things called puff pastries, and you just. I mean. Who is they? Literally, I don't know. Just find Pepperidge that. Farms. I think is who I bought it from. <laughs> but. Uh, I just got chicken. These are chicken uh, cutlets, actually. But you can get just like a chicken breast or whatever, oh, and then salt and pepper on top, and then a spread of pesto on top of the chicken, and then you just take the the puff pastry and cut it into long rectangular pieces, and then just kind of drape it over the chicken and tuck it under a little bit, and then literally that's it. Well, o- olive oil on top on of the top? of the pastry, and then you put it in the oven, 425 degrees for. Uh, 20 minutes. That's it. Is that 20 minutes? I feel like that was 20 minutes. Yeah, Jimmy really likes the, the pastry. And it is. It's delicious. And you don't, I mean, you literally just buy it. It's frozen in the store. And you really could just cook it by itself. I mean, you could just cook the pastry uh, yeah. and it's delicious. That it's flaky. Is, it's delicious. Uh, now, yeah, I mean, with the, with the I, season and stuff, I think the pesto actually. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I love pesto. But oh, man. I think that like a. You know, somebody who knows how to make this type of pe- pastry could probably make you one that would be, like, just amazingly better. But, I mean, for buying it just straight out frozen, it's really delicious. And people use this on top. They'll put it on pies. Like, if they don't want to make their own dough and stuff for the pie, they'll mm-hmm. just buy a puff pastry, put it on top of the pie. I mean, like, endless amounts of things you can do. Okay. Puff pastry pesto. Paige's friend in Tennessee says she wants to be in the podcast. <laughs> Paige's friend in Tennessee. That is correct. <laughs> she she heard the women's right things and she's like, no, I need them to rerun that that women's right. Oh, she has something to say. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like I know that people had stuff to say about that, but we didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. I said I literally said on that on that podcast. I said I'm all for equal rights. Like, I want women to get paid, and I'm almost on the er- the verge of, I don't care if it's fair or not to the men, just give the women more money. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, the money's there. But, like, but it's in from the a business pocket. standpoint, you can't say that the women should have more money if they aren't bringing in more money. If they are, then sure, yes, absolutely, they should get more money. I'm all for that. But from a business standpoint, you have to look at the numbers. You have to come down to, can, can we afford as a business to give them more money and still stay afloat. And if we can't, then we can't give them more money. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe the case is, is that they're being shorted way too much money and there's some owners are making way more profit than the owners are making in the NBA. And if that's the case, then that is a true injustice and there should be something done about that. But let's talk about that and not just about stupid headlines in general that just like make no, people agreed with misleading. The and, and I was like, yeah, the, the misleading headlines is also a problem. But also, a lot of these, um, 
how you say it's a business. The business is run by some of them, one owner. It's all about profit towards the owner. Like, who are we to say that an owner can't take how much percentage profit? Like, isn't that part of, you know, how the society works? Which corporation do you know that doesn't have the owners taking a huge chunk that might not be fair to the smaller people, but it's, I mean, a common injustice? So, I mean, it's one of those, it's like, it is what it is. So, so for the Brussels sprouts, all I did was cut them in half. This is so easy. All I did was cut them in half, put them on the skillet, uh, open side down, let that get some color. Some of mine are burnt. I actually kind of like when they're like this. When they're burnt? Look. Oh, you're, you got one of the extra burnt burnt. <laughs> because it, I don't know, it's just like another flavor. Of um, charcoal? Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not even kidding. Oh. <laughs> He's like, yeah, charcoal, exactly. Um, and then <clears throat> once they get some color on the open sides, kind of stir them up and let them cook a little bit more. These probably could have a little bit longer, by the way. They'd have been a little softer, but I don't mind it. And then hit it with some salt, pepper, lemon juice, garlic. That was all I did to it. That's all that's on these. So you, you, can, you can do all sorts of stuff to roast spouts. Yeah, I mean, I would throw it away. I would uh, <laughs> no, put ketchup. You just wouldn't maybe. buy it. <laughs> You're right. But at least you've opened my eyes to pesto because they were green. Like I said, when I looked at original, I was like, uh oh, he got some kind of weird green pastry. So I thought it, ha it had like all vegetables on the inside. I was like, oh god. But you put some chicken in there, and that stuff is really good. I want you to know, Jimmy, that when I'm deciding what I want to cook, there's like a million things. And I'm like, Jimmy's not going to like that. Jimmy's not going to like that. And so then I literally just search for chicken recipes. <laughs> I'm so limiting here. <laughs> and you're like, here, this is chicken <laughs> coated with this. Hey, look, it's well, chicken and it's coated like, with this. I want to do something different. So I don't want to just do fried chicken. And maybe I will do that one day. And I would love it. I mean, because I love fried chicken, too. But, like, I want to do something to try to expand your horizons a little bit and expand my horizons a little bit. And you made something with steak the other day. I mean, I take. I mean, I'm into all kinds of meats. It's oh, I know. My I know. vegetable. I can do different meats. My, my vegetable palate's my problem. So when I was thinking about what vessel to put with this, first I was like, I'll just make some mashed potatoes. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> but mashed potatoes are difficult, and I didn't have that much time. Did you just say mashed potatoes are difficult? <laughs> yeah, if you don't buy the box. You can uh, buy them in the box and just add water. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. I want to make homemade mashed potatoes. Oh, like real mashed potatoes. Like actually get your feet dirty and mash the potatoes. I feel like. Yeah, so I didn't have time for that. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do asparagus because we've done asparagus like four times. And I was like, oh my gosh, duh, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> um. That's a dumb... I have a lot of topics I can talk about. Oh, yeah. I kind of just want to see where it goes, but... I do for sure want to talk about one thing. Sex. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding jokes. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Yum! Right? Hey, some of those Brussels sprouts are, like, pretty oh, burnt, but I like them like that, so... 
If you don't like them like that, that's fine. Why would I take my knife away? You say yum to the chicken? Yes. Right? That chicken. Oh my god. Since I shared this in episode nine, I guess I'll share it in this one. Today when I bought all this stuff, bear in mind I bought a box of muffins that are from Sunday morning. They're not even for this. Mm-hmm. I spent like fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this fed my parents, like I I made some for them before I left. And all three of us, and you just had three of those. Yeah, just over eight. So that's I mean that's under ten dollars a person basically. Which is not which is nothing. Fifty dollars to feed that many? That's what I'm saying. It is. You're so good, Lindsay. That really was so good. Thank you, Lindsay. It's very easy. I didn't really have to do much, though. I got these I am full. <laughs> I am <laughs> over full. <laughs> it's one of those uncomfortable, like, where if I wasn't wearing stretchy pants, like, you'd have to, like, unzip pants <laughs> kind of feel. You're like... It's where you like lean back and just unbutton <laughs> that top button. You got to put your shirt over the top. <laughs> Everybody has to do it at one point. <laughs> when you do it all subtle in front of everybody, they have no idea what you're doing. Jimmy, welcome to episode number, I think it's 11. I'm not really sure. I don't even know. Who knows? 77. I think it's episode 11 of the Thursday Night Stir Fry this Podcast. This is 2030. Tonight we had... Uh, what did I say? Popcorn. <laughs> it's a bunch of peas. Uh, puff pastry pesto chicken. It's delicious. So easy to make. Check it out on the website, ThursdayNightStirFried.com. I'll have the link to the recipes and stuff there. Delicious. And some Brussels sprouts, which Jimmy tried. I did. I ate like three out of six. Three out of six. That's not that bad. That's actually the most vegetables I've eaten this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's a new high score. <laughs> I'm like, can we keep it safe? <laughs> well, oh, man. I love Brussels sprouts, and the chicken is amazing. Seriously, check it out. It's so easy. It takes like no time at all. The oven does most of the work. So, Fast. But before we move on, it's that time again. No, it is it. Time Dude. to get weird and dance. One, two, three. that Lindsay can't hear the music. And so she's like, what is happening? <laughs> What's wrong? What was in that pace though? <laughs> Why am I dancing by myself? <laughs> Tear it up. Okay. I'm very full. I'm <sighs> over full. <laughs> that, that, yeah, the third one was... Uh, Wouldn't it be really awkward <laughs> if right now I was like, okay, so the, today's topic I want to talk about is gluttony. And how out. and how the and how the church doesn't really talk about it. Yet we talk about a lot of other sins that we think are like way higher than that. And yet we never talk about gluttony because old pastor is oh, like yeah, four hundred yeah. pounds overweight. <laughs> Don't talk about my pastor like that, right? <laughs> He's only two hundred. No, seriously though, we're not talking about that. But <laughs> good because I was like maybe I, one I day because I well okay Man. I'm gonna before I get myself in Man, trouble that day just know. bring a bunch of Brussels sprouts <laughs> and I will uh, not commit that sin. Me me me. No, but actually, um, 
I, hold on. I just got to rest for a second. <laughs> <laughs> My you stomach failed is... and your stomach was like, nope, hold up, hold on. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> Give me a minute. Wait a minute. Also, after like, I, I, I always do this. When I eat hot food, I'm like, okay, it's cooled down enough. And then I take a bite and it burns the freaking <laughs> roof of my mouth every time. My, my, the roof of my mouth right now is burnt. And, I and it's so the, uncomfortable. I didn't take that chance. I was like, nope. I was like, you really didn't. You waited so long to eat that first <laughs> Because there, you see that feeling that you have right now. And that take, for me, I feel like it ruins my next day. Like, it does. Oh my God. It does. Because <laughs> like, yeah. all of a sudden, like, the roof of your mouth's peeling off. Yeah. <laughs> you just feel you're like, like what's what happening? Those, you know, when babies' mouths are forming and they have, like, weird stuff hanging, and you're like, oh, what? Okay. Oh, never mind. Uh, maybe you're a different kind of baby. But it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> idea what that means. <laughs> no, sometimes all they lips, they have these, like, things, like, hanging. That's how it feels. Okay. Never I've mind. never Next. seen that. I mean, I don't, I believe you. I've just never seen that before. It, it's a thing. Um, babies have what hanging? Hey. Will you stay in front of your microphone? I'm sorry. It's okay. You and you don't even have to be that close. It just needs to be in front of your mouth. So Where don't don't you keep doing this over here? Yeah. Don't. This isn't. It don't, needs to be in side, front of your mouth. Front. And I know you're like struggling with that because it's like in your way. Yeah. It's like. But how can you breathe and talk at the? Same? <laughs> I feel like. Okay. You just do it. Okay. So, um, no, but like I really think it was like last year that I finally learned. To not eat pizza too fast when it when it's like fresh. Like wait for it because that will burn the fire out of your mouth, the roof of your mouth. Because that sauce you bite into it, that's all. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I, I'm serious. I probably I will do it next week. For me, especially anything possibly liquidy, I don't even play with that. <laughs> like I will be that kid blowing on it for ten minutes after everybody's done, and I'm still like. <sighs> But I would rather take it <laughs> lukewarm and perfect than that one sip of death that you talk about. Because it just takes that one sip and yeah. it just burns everything. And the everything. thing, too, is you don't... I mean, like, it'll burn at first, but you like... Well, this is my experience. Sometimes I don't even realize that I've done that it done. until later. <laughs> and then so like, I'll oh. take a bite, and it's really hot, and I'm like, wow, that's hot. And then I'll just keep eating. And you think so I'm probably just okay. doing it more. <laughs> then later your tongue just touches it, and you're like, yeah. oh, you're like, oh my dang, gosh. that's a hurt. My crap. roof in my mouth is super raw. Now I burnt. can't say no L's. <laughs> like, all right. Hey, everybody. Um... Yeah, anyway. It is what it is. So <sighs> let me just. <sighs> yeah, it feels good, don't it? I really do my feel like, like un <laughs> unbuttoning my stretchy pants. <laughs> like, uh. <coughs> um, okay, so I, I want to rewind a couple of weeks oh. um, to something that happened. And you and I have talked about this, but. And I'm. Wanted to talk about it on a podcast episode we never did. Um, <laughs> several weeks, maybe it was a couple months ago. I don't know. I'm nervous. Jimmy and I both teach a Sunday school class. You have no reason to be nervous. Oh, okay. And in our Sunday school, school, we have the same curriculum. Like we teach different classes, but it's the same curriculum in our church. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we had a lesson on <clears throat> the parable of the shrewd manager. Uh -huh. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, that one hit you funny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't remember what version it was in the in our book. Yeah, if I could, I would read. If I remember, I would read that exact version. But I don't remember. But um, <clears throat> basically, the parable of the shrewd manager. If you're not familiar with it, it's in Luke 16. It's Luke chapter 16, one through something. And basically. Uh, there's a master 
a very wealthy businessman who has a manager and this manager manages this guy's money and whatever else. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, the master finds out that he's not been doing a good job. So he's like, Hey manager, uh, you're fired basically like Trump style. You're fired. And the manager's like, Oh crap. What am I going to do? Uh, like if I get fired, like I'm not gonna have a job, I'm not gonna have, I'm not gonna be making money, whatever. So he goes, the manager goes to, <clears throat> um, people who tenants. owe the master, mm-hmm. and he gets them, allows them to pay less than what they owe. Cut them deals. And it, if you read the passage, it's like it sounds like he's doing it in a selfish manner so that he will be able to ha- have a friend once he's fired. And then those people might f- be likely to offer him a place in their house is what it says in, in, the, in the passage. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to the master. The master's like uh, commending his shrewdness. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Jesus is like, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then what your possessions are gone, then when your possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. <laughs> so let me just, let me, uh, let me back up a little bit. So in the Sunday uh-huh. school lesson, right, I had, I had read through this and read through the lesson and what it wanted us to teach. And then in the Sunday school room, I, I meet, I co-teach with someone else and the, the, my, the co- other guy teaching was leading and I'm sitting there like, this makes no <laughs> sense in my brain. What is this talking about? Yeah. Because it was just off, right? And so I'm sitting in the room and I'm like, what is happening? And like even the, the, my co-teacher was like, what you thinking about over there? Like he could tell something was going on in my brain. And I was like, this is such a weird parable. Yeah. What? I don't understand. I was like, what? what is he commending about his shrewdness? Like, when is he being shrewd? Is he being shrewd that he's figuring out a way to take care of himself? Or is he being shrewd in the way that he's getting these people to pay money, what they owe, but they're not paying all of it, but he's getting them to pay some of it. So maybe that's better than none of it. I don't like, what is, what is he commending here? What is the shrewdness part? And then what is Jesus saying in verse nine? And I need to find, I'm in the NLT. What do you have over there? NIV. Read verse nine in NIV. I tell you, (laughs) use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Okay, see, that is more closely, I think, to what it says in our book. And that doesn't, what does that mean? (laughs) He's saying, like, why would Jesus say, use your worldly wealth to make friends? Okay, so here's the thing. Let me just get to the point. Well, I mean, (laughs) not really to the point, but just develop this even. So after the class on that Sunday, I was like, I, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. So I went and started researching it. Turns out this parable is generally regarded as the most difficult to interpret parable in the whole Bible. Of all the parables that Jesus spoke, this is the one that have, has kind of stumped scholars for centuries. In fact, I found out that um, in the 17th, like in the 17th century, 16th or 17th century, <clears throat> A lot of scholars had literally just said, we don't know what this is. We don't know what this means. We just don't know. Like, we don't, we're not even going to try. We don't know what it means. Because it really is kind of weird. It's like... Very different than what he's been talking about. Right. So that's why we like to skip to 10. Yeah. But it's like, pretend that that's not there. And then I found 
a scholarly article um, written, oh, crap, I think it was in the 90s, maybe. I don't remember. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole purpose of this article was, is verse 9 sarcasm? And so I was like, wait a second. <laughs> if Take verse 9 is sarcasm, then it makes a lot more sense to me. However, when I read other versions of this passage and verse nine, they have people have in different versions, they've changed it to where it's like not even, it wouldn't even make sense for it to be sarcasm sarcasm because they've changed it in such a way to be to where it's not going to be sarcasm. It's like they've changed it to what they want Jesus to be saying here. Yeah. And I don't, the whole thing was just so bizarre to me. So I think that if we take the most literal translation of verse nine and I don't have it in front of me, but I think that it really is sarcasm. I think that Jesus is saying, here's this parable about the, this master and this manager. And the manager is not a good manager. He's doing a poor job. He's going to get removed from his position. And so, but before that happens, he goes and like only caring about himself goes and make sure that he takes care of what he's doing and what making sure that he's going to have somewhere to be or be able to whatever be taken care of once he's let go. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the master. The master's like, oh, I'm, wow, I'm glad. Wow, how shrewd of you. Yeah. And then Jesus is like, yeah, so go and be like that, and we'll see who gets you into eternal dwellings once you die. Yeah. And, that, and that's him being sarcastic. It makes sense in that, if it's right, explained <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, and, then, and partly because right after that, starting in verse 10, he's like, for truly I tell you, if you be faithful in small things, if you can't be faithful in little things, then how, you, how can I trust you to be faithful in large things. And so it's like, I don't know what is happening here. So I talked to some other people in our church um, who they're not like opposed to verse nine being sarcastic. There's just like a hesitancy. That's like, I don't really want this to be sarcastic because then that changes what I think of Jesus is what I think they're really trying to say. <laughs> they don't say that, <laughs> like but I think it's like, we're, we're afraid of that. We don't want to think, oh, Jesus was sarcastic. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. Do we really think Jesus wasn't sarcastic? I think that he was. I think it's common. <laughs> like, right. I, that's I why I don't understand why. Like, I mean, obviously I don't know for sure if this verse is sarcastic. I mean, I mean, I don't, Yeah. but like. I don't have it. I have no issue with it. And to me, it just makes more sense. Yeah. And so I don't know why people have seemingly gone out of their way to try to make it something that it isn't. And like, I'm talking like people, some of the stuff that I read as like interpret, interpret, interpretations of this mm-hmm. were like trying to go so far as like, they would give all this background, right? They were like, so back in this day, you had to understand that these masters would have all of these responsibilities and blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't uncommon for them to go and do this thing that this guy did. Like, it wasn't deals. uncommon for them to go and cut deals just to get money because these people weren't paying any money anyway. That yeah. wasn't uncommon, blah, 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 blah. And so what Jesus is really saying here is that you just need to be a good businessman and you need to um, make sure that you are good to people under you so that you'll have friends that are that will you'll be more likely to win to Christ. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's not untrue necessarily, but how is that what this is saying? I was like, who's stretching more? You know, and that's a- and that's my whole thing. It's like, who's putting more into this that isn't there, right? Yeah. Me just saying that verse nine is sarcastic and just everything else fits, or are you like putting on all this other stuff? Extra garbage. <laughs> which again may be true. true. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it just to me it just makes way more sense if verse nine is sarcastic. Everything else just sort of makes sense in the passage. 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like Jesus several times, even how he his tone towards the disciples, <clears throat> like had a lot of sarcasm in the way he talked to them. Like he, he felt like he was talking to kids. You know, he was yeah. like, oh, oh, you have little faith. Like it's like eventually y'all are going to understand all this. But that's why I'm speaking in parables. So it's like I'm trying to slow it down for y'all. But OK, yeah, if you and how you put it well was. uh yeah, if you think that, you know, gaining all the worldly stuff is going to get you to heaven, let's see if that works that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. I mean, it is kind of snarky. Yeah. I mean, because like, it sounds quite... But, like, but I think but my idea, though, is that, like, in the same way that... It, so this whole idea goes both ways. So the people who put in all that extra stuff in, what they'll also say is, and all of the people who were listening would understand all of that going into this. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing goes for... What I'm saying, verse nine being sarcastic, I can say, well, the people standing there would have understood as soon as he said verse nine. Oh, like he 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 was leading that whole parable up to really just say that that's not the way we should live as Christians, mm-hmm. right? And not only that, but they also had the inflection of his voice. Like, how do I know when you're being sarcastic? Well, I don't because you're so sarcastic. <laughs> that's just your norm. So I just that assume you're being sarcastic. Like <laughs> but you know. <laughs> the average person, you can tell when they're being sarcastic because they're, they're the inflection and the tone of their yeah. voice, you know, they, you're giving it away. And even in your facial expression. So yeah. these people who are sitting there watching, listening to Jesus would have been able to understand it far better than we can just reading the text. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just doesn't seem that far-fetched to me. And I think you agree with saying that yeah. like Jesus was in many ways sarcastic. So I think he was just a, a really cool dude. And it's like sometimes people over you know, literalize all of his words and it's like, oh no, he means exactly like this. Like, eh, maybe. Or it can be taken. That That's the danger of interpretation though. Right. Is everybody gets to take it how they want and hence why people run with it however they want. Even when we were li- <laughs> teaching this, it's like we were supposed to quickly fast forward past nine and jump to ten. Yeah. Because even while I was reading, I was like, oh, that gets complicated. Okay, let's talk about the main verse 10. Right. And that really <laughs> is the whole point. Of yeah, this. that is the point. But there is a big point above. You I know, agree. It could be talking about chasing after money. You can do all that your whole life and then see how that works when you're dealing with eternity. Right. You know, I mean, that's a huge point in its own self. <laughs> you know, it's like, why would that not be just as much of a point as, you know, okay, God wants to see if you can handle little money or little things before he can trust you with more. Right. I mean, to me, both points are pretty big. I, I would almost say the other point is a bigger point because it's really about your focus in life versus how, how you're handling your what God's given you. So, and the other thing about this whole journey of trying to figure this out was the word shrewd. I forgot to mention this earlier. So when I first read it, I was like, wait a second. In my brain, shrewd is like a negative. Yeah. There's like a negative connotation to the word. And I don't even know... And originally, if I even knew what it meant, I just felt like shrewd is negative. So why is the master here commending the, the manager for being shrewd? And then it's almost as if if you take verse nine to, as not sarcastic and you have to like make it a whatever else, then it's like Jesus is also sort of being like, oh, this manager good is good for being shrewd. Yeah. And I'm like, wait. And so then I like literally looked up the word shrewd on the dictionary and realized, no, actually, it does have a negative connotation. <laughs> and so... I don't know. I, like that is really that was one of the first things. I was like, hold on, what the heck does shrewd mean? Yeah. And then from there, I was like, okay, then why is Jesus okay with this? And then I was like, okay, wait. So then that's when I looked it up and realized that it could be sarcastic. And I was like, oh, well, then that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's like cutting corners actually isn't good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Like being a faithful um, steward is what's important, and not being like 
con- conniving and shrewd. And so it's like he tells this whole par- and the thing too. So in my brain, this is how it would function, right? So he's speaking this parable to people who, up until verse nine, were probably like, "Yes, yes, that's exactly how." Yeah, he should have done that. He should have been looking out for himself. He should have cut the his master short because he's he's firing him anyway. He's yeah. firing him. So what does it matter to him? Let's go yeah. ahead and cut the money short and just be able to get on the good side of these people. And then yeah, absolutely. And then even when the master says. I'm commending you for being shrewd. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of intelligence being pretty smart for doing that. <laughs> so, I mean, the master's just being like, wow, well, you're, you're shrewd, like good for you, whatever. Yeah. And then verse nine hits and they're probably like, oh crap. <laughs> what just happened? He's saying, don't be like that, that as Christians, we shouldn't be that way. And I don't know, to me, that makes more sense. Again, I don't know. I could, it might, maybe it's not sarcastic. Maybe the other things that I talked about are right and not that it's sarcastic. I don't know, but it just makes more sense to me that it would be sarcastic. <laughs> Sarcasm to me again, because that's my second language. It I, is actually. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can, I like reading it with sarcasm. To me, it makes more sense that way, but you can also do the whole dressing it up as people like to do, I guess then <coughs> that way again, unless I was in the room, I wouldn't be able to really accurately tell you what the accurate. Yeah. So, and, and that opens up a whole nother, can of worms is I, I think another reason why, and I, I've never even heard anybody talk about this passage, by the way. I was actually, when I started researching, I was like, I'm really surprised that it was even in our curriculum because when you really dive into this and you realize, whoa, there are like two stark paths you can look at this that are totally different mm-hmm. and they both end up in the same place because verse 10 and on like kind of wraps it all up. But like uh, everything above that, like there are two totally different ideas of what it is. Right. Yeah. And so it really paints a really good picture of just how our own interpretations can go way off or be way right. And every, you know, so it's like, and that's true for every passage, like every single passage in the Bible is interpreted in one way or another. Mm -hmm. And maybe this one is more difficult because of the way it's worded or whatever to interpret in a way that we think is definitely right. But every passage, every parable is interpreted to some extent. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. So facing this issue really makes them face that. And so it's like, I don't even want to talk about it. Like it just, whatever, let's just skim over it because it's like, it really makes you have to come to terms with the fact that, well, we're just interpreting this, and what if our interpretation is wrong? And the thing is that in the past, our interpretations have been wrong. And I think in the current, <laughs> there's still a lot of interpretations that I'm like, eh, I don't know. Because in our current gospels and current churches, I mean, there are a lot of, that speak, you know, prosperity churches and all this stuff. Like, everything's supposed to be great all the time and all this. <laughs> you know, if you're living the correct way, everything's supposed to be good. You're supposed to healing's supposed to happen immediately, money's supposed to come flowing, all this. And it's like, is that really what it's saying? You know, it's like we're really getting to twist things how we want to twist them. And it's dangerous sometimes the way, and, you know, it just teaches you not to follow everything blindly, but actually interpret it and digest it for yourself. Like really read the whole passage and see where, what could it actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And that's like, that's why I, um, don't love it when whoever, if someone's preaching or whatever it is, if they just like pick one verse, verse out and like, yeah. it's like, can I hear the whole, I need the con. I mean, even if like, <clears throat> like 
<clears throat> you can trust somebody that they've done their due diligence of like making sure that what they're going to talk about on this one passage or this one verse, they are keeping it contextually safe and sound. Yeah. But like, I mean, and, and if you are in a relationship with somebody and you trust that they're doing that, then that's fine. But in general, like I, why would I not just give you the full context? I don't know. Maybe I should have just read all of chapter. Maybe I should have read the the chapter before chapter 11 and, <laughs> and after so that we after. get a full context of what's happening yeah. here. But I mean, maybe I should have, but like oftentimes from the, from the pulpit or in a Bible study, whatever it is, you'll hear people just pluck out one verse. And it's like, even if you're right about what, how you're interpreting it, I still want to know what the context is. Yeah. I don't know. I, and that's, maybe that's just me being, distrustful of people in general i believe so um but it's also a good thing in terms of you also don't need to be spoon-fed you want to be an adult christian and so you, several people prefer it that way it's like yes go do all the pastor has all week <laughs> you know to do that's his <laughs> homework his, job. his homework assignment is to digest it for <coughs> us turn it into baby food and then just feed it to me and i have to fill in one blank or something here and there and I enjoy it. And I go home and I'm like, hey, guess what my five points were today? And I'm good. And I, now I don't have to go read the, those whole chapters that led into it. But you, you want to know, actually, no, what was going on before and after? You know, and I think that's how we're supposed to be, actually, as at least as grown people. Yeah, well, and I think it go, that all plays into, like, <clears throat> I think what you're saying is that there are a lot of people who not only do they want to just be spoon-fed and they're more comfortable with that, but they also don't want to think about it themselves either. Yes. And so if they, to go and do your own research means that you have to process through and think things through. And like, I mean, that takes effort and we're all lazy. We don't really like to do that. Sure. But uh, I mean, I think that it is worth it. And <clears throat> I don't know. I think a passage like whatever that was, what chapter was that? I don't even remember. Luke <laughs> what, Luke 11, 10, 16. 16. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that, yeah, I think something like that could mess somebody up. Right. Yeah. And if you don't know how to, if you're go and figure it out, <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. And if your foundation is already not on level ground, then something reading something like that, where you are like, wait a second, <laughs> what is this saying? Like that's totally controversial to, or conflicting, you know, could mess you up. Um, <clears throat> so what would be the perfect medium then it's like should everybody want to constantly find out for themselves or should we be trusting the pulpit <clears throat> that's a really a interesting extent? question um i don't know i mean it's funny because on the one hand you'll hear pastors talk about that you'll hear pastors say don't just be a sunday christian you know but then on the same time, like you do, you need them to do that to some extent. Like you need the people to come to church. Like, cause the thing is, is like, oh gosh, <laughs> why do we even need somebody to do that anyway? Why do we even need a, a, a guy or a late, whoever it is to stand up every Sunday and give you like, why do we need that? And maybe why, why do you think? I don't know. <laughs> but the thing, the reason I ask that is because. We can't complain about yeah. that people do this and then also like <clears throat> be like I it's like you're giving you you want to give us everything anyway. So why don't I just let you do it? Yeah. That's what you want. You want me to be there every Sunday and give you money and just sit there and like so why would I do anything else? Yeah. You're just you're giving it to me anyway. If yeah. I if I just come to church every Sunday through a whole year, I'm probably going to hear most of the Bible. True. 
I'm going to hear, I mean, in, in liturgical churches, points. by the way, they go through the entire Bible every year. Yeah. In our conservative, whatever we are, <laughs> we don't do that. We yeah. don't go through the whole Bible. I mean, over the course of however many years, they might go through the whole thing, but probably not. But yeah. in a liturgical church, they go through the whole Bible. And they'll, that's why they read like whole chapters at a time. When they go up, somebody will read like a whole chapter because you ain't going to get through the whole Bible unless you do that. Yeah. So anyway. If you, that's what you want. You want me to come and you want me to sit there and listen to you and you're going to give me all the stuff and you want me to believe what you're saying. So why would I, why do I need to go do it for myself if you're going to do it for me? And then you're going to complain about that I don't. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's a weird kind of thing. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's the perfect medium of, I have to search for myself, but also trust because God has anointed people to help, help us in our, um, in our walk. So it's like, okay, so that... I don't know. Different denominations have different ways of approaching it. Um, I mean, I've been in churches where, you know, like we have spiritual fathers, right? And it's like there's somebody and it's like where through their their anointing in a way, you're a spiritual son to this person. So that person carries his own like importance in terms of even your own destiny sometimes and where you're, you're the direction you're supposed to go and I don't know. Um, there is this trust that you're supposed to have in that person, but I believe everybody also has their own path that they walk. So, I mean, you, what they teach is a corporate preaching on Sunday, right? Everybody, out of that one preaching, I'm going to digest and get something different out of it versus something that you might get out of the sure. same preaching. Um, and then I'm supposed to run with that still on Monday, Tuesday, and probably go back to that same word, as I've gotten it, I now need to dive more into it and see what is God trying to tell me really fully through the week. And he'll show you examples during the week with people um, and just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Um, so it's like I don't like the idea of being lazy, even though I see where you're coming from in that the church does thrive on a lot of lazy Christians who they, they just want to come on Sunday, right. Sunday's best, and they'll give money. And make sure people know that they tithe well. Well, they have to give money because if they don't give money, then they're doing literally nothing. So they'll be that guilt will get them right. The giving, the giving is like I'm doing something. Yeah, and so that makes it okay. Yeah. So it's like I may not do my part anywhere else, but I'm coming on Sunday and I give money. Oh yeah, you're supposed to feel that guilt. I mean, you'll watch some, I mean, pretty touching videos sometimes, and you're like, oh my gosh. Why am I? I mean, I'm definitely not going to go on that mission trip. <laughs> I mean, that would mean me leaving my my hometown. Um, but I can give somebody else yeah. who who was touched to go because God definitely didn't sure. touch me to leave my hometown. And by doing that, I am blessing. I'm touching them indirectly, but directly with my money. And it's you know, several people. It's like, hey, so God blesses me with money so that I can bless other people. And that is true. I'm yes. sure. I mean, and there there is some. <clears throat> there is a lot of truth in that. Somewhat, um, but it's like, (laughs) again, I'm like, I don't know. I don't like the idea that some people, it's like their whole job is just to give money and that's it. You know, I I feel like... You want people to do something. You know I have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) I have a problem. I feel like everybody is connected to somebody and that person that they're connected to, they're supposed to be helping them somehow, directly, by talking. Through the money that they have. No, I'm not. But saying I'm just saying, like, but, but yeah. you can help people. Yes, I, mean, I, if you, I agree with doing that. Uh, there are people, there are families in our church who do that. Yeah, and there are families in our church lot. who have pl- who are, are wealthy and give a lot of money, but also do a lot. I mean, yes, there, it, there's nothing wrong with that, and you're not saying that there is. No, but <clears throat> Jimmy just likes 
people to do something. <laughs> Because he doesn't think that giving money is something. No, don't, 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 don't misquote me. Don't do it. My quote is, I believe giving money is doing something great, and it's awesome for the kingdom. Um, I, I just don't believe that giving money is, you give money and then you just stop. Right. It's, it's not a, giving money isn't a replacement for you actively like helping someone in your life that's, yeah. that's walking through your path of life and needs help like it's not okay for you to like see someone who's in need and then just not do anything because oh well i gave it church i gave, I my gave money at on church. church i did like, my duty on sunday yeah. so i'm good throughout the week yeah you know it's like and people may not have that conscious thought but somehow it's yeah exactly like but say, there's like an conscious. underlying like well i yeah. gave like you yeah. don't think it but it's like so I'm, sunday I'm turns into <clears> there like okay i'm good because i did this you know even though this whole week i've been pretty bad I mean, I've been shrewd through the week and stuff. Uh, but shrewd? Yeah. Shrewd. Is that what you said? Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Shrewd through the week and d- probably cut a few corners, maybe did some bad things through the week, but I still gave to this mission thing on Sunday. So, I mean, God loves me. And that's, again, it's a good thing. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I have nothing wrong with we're giving. Getting caught in the weeds. My here. bad. <laughs> it's not your bad. Both of us, Jimmy. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the blame. Um, I, I, I fell for the bait. Yeah, I don't know. Me neither. And that's the truth. Like, <laughs> when I say I don't, I feel like people think I just say that because I'm just filling space. But no, like, really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you do know. I'm fine with you I don't sound know. like you know. I'm fine. I am fine with I don't know. And I, th- I really think that that is the issue that a lot. I think that a lot of people aren't okay with I don't know. I can, I can agree with that. I don't know. It's a weird area. Well, it's weird because, see, automatically you're probably thinking like that there are these certain things that we do know, and I am like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. Like I, I feel very uncertain. I feel very. There's very little that I feel really certain about, and I don't even know if I've worked out what those things are. Yeah, but, but like- obviously I'm a functioning human being, so there have to be some things that I'm certain about. But like how functioning are your black and white is very little <laughs> <laughs> like your gray spectrum. I do think that there is your gray spectrum is out there. I do think <laughs> there is far less black and white than we think there is. But the thing is, is that I think that most people have to operate in a world where they believe that most things are black and white, because if you take that away from them, then they are, will just lose their mind because it's like, well, I don't know what's what's true. I don't know what anything is. It, and, and I feel that. So I get it. But I also think that there's a middle ground, right? We don't have to be everything is black and white and we don't have to be nothing makes sense. There's no meaning. There's nothing. I think there's a middle ground. And that's what I'm trying to find. No, I mean, and I agree. Us being humans, us being humans, we don't understand everything. In our head, though, or my head even, it's like I see God might see things way more black and white than we do. And so he's like, okay, that's clearly a sin. That's not. You know, in our head... Um, we want to now reason and put a lot more in gray. And I'm like, okay, by putting in gray more things, then it's like, is that safe to put things in gray? What if it isn't gray at all? And God's like, yeah, that's no, that's black. Oh no, that's actually white. You know, it's like, it was what we were talking about the other time on Sunday about eating bacon and all this stuff, like these old rules that now it's like, oh, we can eat this stuff now. It's like, okay, now that's in the white out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's tricky as humans. We, we want to know what's in the black, want to know what's in the white. And 
I don't know sounds safe, but it's like... And I, I feel like it's the opposite of safe. <laughs> no, and I get like I understand that, and I yeah. think that maybe that's true. But I'm not trying to just be safe. Like, it's not a matter of I'm not saying I don't know because I want to be more safe. Like, I'm, it's. I just think that like there are several there's just things in my life mm-hmm. that make me feel like, and that we're all just products of our experience. Okay, Correct. like, so I, I just I feel like. There's just no room for dogma and there's no room for us claiming to know things that we know nothing about. Like, I really just feel like people's lives would be so much better if everyone would just stop telling them what they think they know and just let people hold on. There's, you can guide people and help them through things and, and say, hey, like, this is what the truth I think it is. But we don't have to be dogmatic about it and we don't have to be this is the this is what this is and there's no other way like there's so and the reason i say that is because there's very few things like okay since we're just talking obviously we're talking about in general like the world of christianity but i'm not just talking about that i'm talking about a lot of other things but we'll just we'll just keep it within the boundary of christianity so that we have some sort of framework here right so in the sense of christianity like what matters jesus what about jesus he died. And then what? Rose again. Okay. And without that, what do we have? Nothing. Without, if that, if we don't have that, then not literally everything that we believe doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it's all founded upon, there were all these prophecies for this one man who we believe came and died and rose again. Without that, literally we can say, oh, well, there's some good teachings in the Bible, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it all is pointing to that. And then from there, leading away to the spread of that good news, right? Mm-hmm. So without that, that's all. That, now, what else matters? Nothing. So it doesn't matter how I live my life? I mean, everything else matters to an extent, but that's the main foundation of what matters. If you have that foundation, then you're usually pretty good. But Good. Explain good. What do you mean? Good. Uh Good to go. Good to go to. Oh, heaven. so you weren't saying like good versus bad. You're just no, saying. no. You're as in that's the main foundation. If your goal is to go to heaven. Okay. So, do you care then how I if I say to you, I I I believe that I have a relationship with Jesus. I believe that He died and rose again. But I live a totally different lifestyle than you. Mm. What? What then? What do you do with that? Because do you do you understand why I'm asking that? Yeah, because it's like now the problem or not the problem. The thing about Christianity is it's like now as you dedicate your life to um, this walk with Christ, then you're supposed to change certain lifestyles or certain things you do. Um, but, I mean... But what if I say to you, I'm I appreciate your opinion, yeah. but I don't interpret the Bible that way? Because we just talked about that there's many different ways to interpret this. No, I mean, and, it's, and I'd be like, I, I appreciate your opinion, but... I wouldn't go down that route. <laughs> I mean, my opinion says my route, your route might not lead the correct way, even though the, you have the right foundation. But hopefully God talks to you then because my opinion is going to be different. So, but like, okay. what? Because you're saying living a life of sin, yet you know Jesus was... I didn't say living a life of sin. And <laughs> and this is And this is the whole problem is that I think that a lot of modern Christians today 
look down on people for having different lifestyle when the things that their lifestyle includes aren't even sinful. They're just like different and weird. Oh no, difference. Okay. But, that, but it's not for a lot of people. That's okay. what I'm saying. There's okay. so many people who struggle with, sinful. well, we're good. We'll get there. Oh, okay. My bad. But there's so many people who struggle to even just be accepting of people who are just different. And it's not even a different as in sinful. It's different as in give just us, different to what you give us some examples. Uh, Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just go really superficial and really petty. Uh-huh. Um, the way that people dress, the way that they do their hair, and the, whether they not have a ton of tattoos or piercings or whatever it is. The way that our outer appearance, mm-hmm. so many people judge other people based on that stuff. True. When it literally doesn't matter. Now, maybe there are still some people who think that tattooing your body is sinful or whatever, but I don't think that most Christians really... Like, it's one of those... I think it's it's reached this point to where it's like, eh, I probably wouldn't want to, but it's not really sinful. And it's like, okay, well, then what are you saying? You know? But but I'm happy that you're there. I'm happy that you're to that point, that you're not saying it's sinful. Yeah. But like, eh, I don't know. I, like, it's not something that I would do, or I probably wouldn't let my kids do it until they get out of the house. But it's not really sinful. Uh, I'm, I'm going off on a rabbit trail <laughs> no, here, but no, that but doesn't but mean no. anything. When you say something like that, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So, but anyway, so but there are a lot of people who would pass judgment on people, whether it's conscious or subconscious, like on people who have a lot of tattoos or people who, whatever it is, but just behaving differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, and those things aren't even, you don't even think those things are sinful, and yet you're still passing judgment on those people. True. Why? Like, why? Do, okay, well, do you agree that people do that? No, I, and, I mean, it happens pause, all the time. I'm sure I do it too. I'm sure, Jimmy, you do it sometimes. I'm sure we, we all do it. It's like human nature or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Micah does it all the time. Yeah, I mean, all the time. <laughs> so I'm talking to myself. So why do I do it? Well, I do it because if people don't act and, and dress and behave like me, that was redundant. If people don't <laughs> act and dress and behave like you. Whatever. <laughs> Then there must be weird, right? I mean, that's wrong. Like I, because the way that I'm doing it is right. Correct. So then anybody else doing it differently is wrong. So <laughs> they need to change. Is that is that how people think? That is how people think. People want. People are more comfortable with seeing things like them, um, seeing people dress like them, look like them. That's just naturally we are we are all more comfortable with people who have similarities in how we think. And how we do things. And when people do things differently, we're like, why? You know, why are you doing it that way? Why? And even after they've explained why, and it might even make some sense, you're still like, okay, I get it, but that's still weird. Eh, to each his own. So and how do we get away? Like, How do you get away from that? What, first of all, should we want to not be like that? Yeah. I mean, you should. To me, I would wish everybody would want to have all kinds of friends. Several people who are not like them, them, you know, they look different from them. They act different from them. Just a whole group of colorful friends. That would be the best case scenario because then even when you're in a group setting, there are more ideas and it's like y'all help grow each other in a more eclectic way. Unfortunately, people are still way more comfortable with because people don't know how to have like those convos. It's, it's more of a argument when somebody's different. And so people don't know how to have conversations. Oh, you think that? Okay. I think you're wrong. Oh, well, I think you're wrong. Okay, we can't be friends. That's usually, I mean, how it ends up going. Instead of, no, okay, no, explain for me. Oh, okay. 
I mean, you you think differently, but no, that's cool. I can respect your opinion. We can still move on. You know, what do you think about this part? I don't know. I don't know if it's a maturity thing, <clears throat> uh, a hatred thing in today's society. I mean, it's like people are so drawn to hate people not like them that it's so much easier to do that than to love on people who are not like them. Yeah. I don't know. And I, it's natural. It feels, to me, I, I think it's deeper even than just like, not caring to be friends with someone who's different. I think it's deeper. I think it's like they're not living right. Oh, you mean looking down upon? Yeah, it's like yeah. it's casting judgment. And it's... Yeah, I was talking with a friend about that today. Like, that's something I had to really work on developing. Because growing up, obviously, I mean, I grew up in a black and white you know, most things being black and white. So I'm like, okay, I've never done this. I've never done that. I've never done this. Look at that person doing all of this. Like I'm talking about all one, two, three, man. They, and they still come to church next to me on church. And I know yesterday they were doing all that. <laughs> wow. I'm a real Christian. Whatever they're doing is fake. You know, and it's hard to get that idea of thought out yeah. of your head. And you want to be like, Hey, I might need to be friends with that person. So I can tell them, Hey, you're not being a good Christian. And I am, you know, but just by having, I mean, it's like, how can we honestly, if we're being honest with ourselves, completely have a mindset of no. Because, yes, again, we want to categorize the different sins. You know, we were like, okay, what they're doing is way worse than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the problem in lies um, is we have worse, this is worse than this, this is worse than this. So what I'm doing, I tell a few lies here, you know, and, you know, God understands it's just lying, you know. But no, God says all liars go to hell. You know, it's like he doesn't like liars. He doesn't like any of them. So it's, I don't know how to fix it all. Like how do you, we naturally want to baby our sins and then judge everybody else's. It's a natural thing. Yeah. And it's like, I, we all, we, the whole Christian mantra, one of the, one of the Christian mantras is like, come as you are. Eh. <laughs> hey, come as you are. But by the second week you should go in and uh, fix this. But, this, but this. Like put on some more clothes or, <laughs> or like wear a different shirt or, like, yeah. For anybody who's been listening, if you if I don't even know if there is anybody that's listened to all of our episodes, but if there is anybody, then you probably have guessed by now that I have a real problem with, like, not loving wanting, different people. Well, yes, but like trying to make people do things that they don't want to do. Like, if I don't want to dress up for something, I shouldn't have to dress up. That's why we had a whole episode about dressing up. Yeah, that was a whole episode. I forgot. <laughs> it's like, and but I, and this is the this is the root of it though. It's like why do you care what I'm doing or what I'm wearing or how I look or like if it's not a blatant if I'm not blatantly sinning like killing somebody like and that's the thing too. It's like look, oh, goodness gracious, you can't like pass judgment on somebody. Period. Yeah. Okay, but let's just pretend like you can pass judgment on the people who are real bad, like real bad, like like serial killers, okay? Wow, that's a real bad person. I'm going to pass judgment. Let's, we're not even supposed to pass judgment on anybody. Let's just say that we can do that, though, right? Yeah. Well, okay, that makes sense because, like, that person killed people. Like, murder is a sin. That, that is really black and white, okay? Yeah. Murder is a sin. Except it's not really that black and white. Because of war and we've made, like, is that not murder? Like, what is, and in, in, in Ecclesiastes or whatever in the Old Testament, it's like, truly, there's a time for peace, there's a time for war. Oh, that means we can kill people in war. That, is that really what that means? We, we don't know what that means. Yeah. 
And so, so see, and that's what I, Jimmy, so when I say that it's not as black and white as you mean, as you think it is, I'm not trying to say that, oh, actually, it might be totally okay to murder people. I'm just saying that, hold on, we, it seems really black and white, like, don't murder people. Okay, well, then why are we okay with war? Why are Christians okay with going to war and killing people? Like, are you 100% positive that this is a, this is a justice, this is a, a just war, like we should be in this war and then it's okay to kill the people that are on the other side of this war because we're on the right side of it. Are you really so sure that that's true, that you're okay with them killing people? Like, I don't know how you can be that sure. I don't know how I don't like, maybe if I'm a general in the army, but holy crap, if I was a general in the military, I would feel so scared that the decisions that I had made had led to murdering thousands of people. Like, do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. I know I just went on a totally random tangent. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless of whether or not people are... So that... Oh, I know. Okay. So that was like... Let's just say the murder is like really black and white. Like obviously wrong. Okay. And so in that case, we can pass judgment on those people. Now, how many other things are you really so sure about? There's there's, This is twofold. On the first fold, how many things are you so sure about? that are sinful and or and not doing that thing is not so that you would feel comfortable putting it in the same boat as murder. Hmm. I don't know the answer to that. It's a rhetorical question. You can think about it, whatever. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Number two on the second fold of this, how many things can you pass judgment on because you never do that thing? And it doesn't matter to what degree you do it. It doesn't matter how often you do it. Do you ever do it? Yes? Well, then you cannot pass judgment on other people. Yeah. And by the way, let me just remind you that I, the whole thing is that you shouldn't be passing judgment on anybody. But let's, we're just, a, this is like a, a thought. Hypothetically. Like, yeah, I mean, if you judgment. were to do it. And so it, I think the answer is there's like none. There's like none. You can't, especially when you pull into the whole picture that Jesus is like, Truly, you, yeah, you're not supposed to murder people, but if you're angry with people, you basically are murdering them. That's a really terrible paraphrase. You know, but like, you, you stretch that, but it's okay. But we, but they do that. Yeah. yeah. Like people, Christians say stuff like that all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, Jesus says, you know, whatever if, your heart. Whatever, yeah. Then, <laughs> then that's what you've, you've already committed murder. Or you've already committed adultery. You know, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, then no, you, you have no ground on which to stand in order to judge anybody. Yeah. And so what is judgment then? Like what, and cause here's the other thing to this is I think that people don't realize that they're judging people when they are judging people. I probably do it all the time. I'm sure I do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to your whole thing is like, we should always be striving to, to do better. Mm-hmm. So I think the number one thing is recognizing, Oh crap, that thought I just had, or that thing that I just said to my friend is like really judgmental. Like, yeah. why am I thinking that? Or why did I say that? Yeah. And to me, it's like, this is so petty. But like when people are watching television and there's somebody on the TV show that, again, looks differently than them, they're like, oh, yeah. Why is her hair like that? Yeah. That to me, it's my opinion right. is passing judgment on that person. Because what you're saying is who, why would she do her hair like that? Like that is so bad. Like what a stupid person. Yeah. That's what you're saying when you have that snarky, nasty tone. True. And to me, that's not from God. If I want to be like re- like religious speak yeah, here, I agree. that's not from God, whatever the heck that means. Yeah. Like that 
train of thought. Like that is a judgmental tone. And so if we don't even recognizing those things in ourselves, then how can we possibly get to the point to where we can do away with judging people that are like really drastically different? And then how can you love those people? How can you love somebody who their first thought is, what are they wearing? How can you go and then approach that person and love that person? It's what we think is love is by trying to tell them, hey, what you're wearing is wrong. Right. We think (laughs) it's loving to like try to change them. Oh, yeah. And that's my whole. (laughs) That's where the problem is. I don't. And and I will extend that to any of a sin, right? Your goal shouldn't be to change that person's behavior. It should be to love them enough to where they go. Man, Jesus must really be doing something to that person's heart because they don't really care what I do. They just love me no matter what. Yeah. And I don't even know that we're really totally pop- capable of doing that, right? But like, that should be our goal. I agree. And so, because what we're supposed to do is love people and let them know that Jesus loves them. And so it's like we are loving them and making sure that they know we're loving them because we're representative of Christ. Thus, uh, they realize, okay, actually, even though I'm very different or living in life of sin, all this stuff, Jesus still loves me even how I am currently. Right. It's not like Jesus saying, oh, change first, right. then I'll love you. Jesus loves you how you are right now. Um, and so if you struggle to love on that person, then what they're thinking is like, okay, if the Jesus that's in that person and that preaches love and that person clearly, and people can tell, that's the biggest thing is you can tell with different eyes, different smiles. You think you're smiling at somebody, you're seeing... Somebody can tell whether it's genuine or not. Yeah. And I would rather not even get a fake. I would rather get an open uh, snark than a fake smile. <laughs> yeah. y- you know, it's like, yeah. no, just be yourself. At least show me that you don't like seeing me or whatever. But don't come to me. Hey, you know, and right. it's like what's and I can feel your heart saying, oh, dang, I have to do this. And so, no, I mean, if and if you feel yourself doing that, then you have a heart problem. And you need to, you and Jesus need to work out together and get that fixed because you are now actually driving people away from him. Right. Thinking that you're trying to and help making it go. way harder for everyone else too. Oh yeah. And that's the biggest thing, you know, it's like, and, well, that's the most annoying thing to me. Yeah. It's like you, cause you have to wade through all these preconceived oh, yeah. like ideas of what a Christian is before yeah. you can actually show that person that like, no, you just actually love them and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's so difficult to do that. Yeah, because they immediately put a wall up because they're like, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, well, and especially here in the South. Yeah. So where everybody like, oh. has this idea of what a Christian is and like how they judge people and think about yeah. people. So immediately now I have to almost un- uncomfortably tell that person now all the sins that I'm going through just so that they feel <laughs> like, hey, no, I'm not perfect. Right. Yeah. I know you're probably not perfect, but we're all not perfect. So, but I still love you anyway. So don't think I'm just one of those regular sin. Because that's another thing is a lot of people approach people like, yeah, I used to do that. Oh, I used to. I used to have problems with that. And that's where people will pretend that they used to have a problem with that. But they're like, no, I used to openly tell people I had a problem with that. Now I don't tell anybody. It's still there, but now I can like lie to people. Right. And again, that drives people away. You know, it's like, okay, well, you made it, per- but I don't know how to move out of it. Yeah. So it's like, but you're lying to that person and you think you're helping them, but you're not. You're doing the opposite. Yeah. You know, it's like, just be truthful. It's like, we all struggle. We well, all yeah, have Yeah, it's like, just be real. You yeah. know, it's like, don't, it, and it's like the whole thing to where, have you ever been, you've like, 
talking to somebody or whatever, and then it comes up that you're a Christian, and now they change their whole demeanor. Oh, yeah. Everything changes now. And it's don't. like, yeah, no, like you, you I, we're just being people. Like we're just being human beings. Like it, we don't have to be. It doesn't matter. And and so to me, it's like, okay, why do people think they have to do that? Well, because they were raised in churches, probably it, it, here in the South. It was because they were raised in a church that told them they had to behave a certain way. And if you don't behave this way, then you're not being a good Christian. And that's like not even what our goal should be. Our goal should be, here's Jesus. You will know Jesus by the way that I love you, right? And then if you want to get to know Jesus, then you can do that. And he will do the changing of your behavior. Mm -hmm. Not me and not the pastor. And see, that's my whole, it's like, that's the whole thing. It's like, what are we trying to do? Because if what we're trying to do isn't just literally just like loving people no matter what, then what are we showing them? Not that God loves them. We're showing them that God wants them to change. And does he want them to change? Probably, but let him do that. Like you cannot try to do that before God. Like God is, that's not going to work. It's got to come the other way around even. Like, let's just, let's say they do have an encounter with God because you've done a good job of loving that person, right? And then God, that kind of softens their heart and then God comes in. Now they've had an encounter with God and they like want to know more. And now they're open and receptive maybe to you saying some corrective things. Like, you know, you've lived this life. We're all sinners. Um, I think God's probably going to want you to change some stuff. Are you yeah. open to doing that? And like, think about how much more receptive that person is then, you know? And so, and I always think about these big things like uh, several years ago, the whole Chick-fil-A homosexual scandal thing, like Truett, S, Truett Kathy Scott, whatever the heck his name is, the guy yeah. that founded Chick-fil-A, like made some statement about, I, yeah. it wasn't even really that anti-homosexual. It was just like what he believes or whatever. Yeah. And people were all ballistic. Well, then the Christians start like being all up in arms, yeah. like, well, you're going to go into Chick-fil-A and kiss your your same-sex partner. Well, we're going to go and just show... like It, it was like this whole thing. It's like yeah. this whole... like. It, and to me, from the outside looking at this, it's like, okay, what you're showing those people is that you don't care how they feel. What you're showing them is that you just care that what they're doing is wrong and they need to know that. That's what you're trying to show them. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing. And how do you expect to be able to have any access to show real love to that person if they don't know that you even care about them. All they know is that you just want them to change. You think what they're doing is wrong and gross and detestable. Like, so even as Christians as a whole, like we have this terrible image, you know, and people don't want to hear about it because we, that's what we, our, our first thing that comes out of our mouth is you need to change. Yeah. And I believe you made a very drastic point that a lot of people also, it comes, it goes along with the whole judgmental thing is, how you first of all said, we can't change them and neither can our pastor, right? Um, one big question that we do is like, we hit somebody with, a, what church do you go to? Yeah. And then they hit you with, a, oh, yeah, I don't go to church. Oop. There's your judgmental mind immediately. <laughs> like, you could just hear it. Yeah. You, you hit yeah, one yeah. of those. <coughs> immediately, you're like, well, you're definitely living all kinds of levels of hell. <laughs> like, right. I mean. Um, and because you have equated that because I go to church, I'm an actual Christian, right? Because they don't go to church, you know, and they'll even tell you, some of them will even explain to you nicely. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, I've been to different churches. I, it wasn't for me, but me and God have our nice little way that we work things out. And I mean, he's still very sure. much. And who says that person, you know, is right. is a worse Christian than you? There's right. a good chance they could be even better. Yeah. You know, there's a high chance if they are actually daily, you know, and you're not even doing daily, they could be a much better. So Christian what's a better you. question? then? You know, so it's just like. Where where you led into was now your main goal is not not necessarily oh can you come to my church can you sure your main goal like you said you start off loving them and then making sure that they realize that this love is from Jesus so you need to somehow bring up Jesus's love is all you need and from there it's like and how you said it like going in the wrong order sometimes is how people mess up they start off judging. And then they try to show love afterwards. It's yeah. like, no, I didn't mean it this way. Or, you know, it's, <laughs> it's so true. Actually. Yeah. And so it's like by us backpedaling, like, now you've driven that person way worse. You know, it's right. like if we, if you learn the correct mechanisms of doing it in the right order, it makes it easier. If that person soon becomes open to Jesus, now think how much easier it is even when you do invite them, say, to church. By that time, maybe they're okay. With, Jesus already spoken to their heart. Now they're like, way more receptive versus the beginning part. Like, hey, can you just come to church? Yeah. You know, and sometimes that's all we teach even. that Sad to say, sometimes it's like, oh, no, make sure you tell all your, your kids, like, your main goal is to bring them to church. You know, and then whoever's teaching will now say something powerful that will, right. well, no, okay, make sure you're also teaching them. Hey, no, also make sure you're not bullying that kid right. the next day. You know, make sure, you know, it's like you're not the reason why they're afraid to go to church. Yeah. That should be the main thing. If you're loving on them, then there's a good chance that they're like, okay. Well, there's a good chance they might say, hey, where do you, I want to go. Where do you, where, exactly. you go, are you going to church on Sunday? I want to go. <laughs> yes. It's like, so now they know you're loving on them and then you're bringing up church. Yeah. Then like, okay, you're loving on me because you have Jesus in you that, you know, helped you to love on. I want to go to that church. Yeah. Versus starting off. And they were like, no, last week, you know, you poured water on me. Uh, you, <laughs> you, know? you threw a slushie in my face. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and then you're inviting me this week because you were challenged over some event coming next Wednesday. No, don't don't give me that. So, Yeah, no, I think, too, again, I think there's a deeper issue here, though, too. It's like, because you can say that we should teach people to do it in this order, but I think that we also, on the same, on the same token, teach that actually, if you have a real relationship with, God and with Jesus that they actually are going to mold your heart into being the type of person who would realize that you should do that. And so that's when I'm like, wait a second. So should it be something that we're actively teaching people or should it be like, Hey, look, if you don't like know how to love people who are different than you, then I don't know what your relationship with Jesus looks like. Because (laughs) if we, because we teach that we teach once you become in relationship with God, then he changes your heart. He gives you a new heart. You're a new creation. This is all Christian jargon that we say, right? Yeah. You're a new creation. You have a new heart. And now that heart is more able to like love people. And we, we teach that. True thing. So which is it? Does God do it? Or do we have to teach people? No, you should be loving people like this. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Isn't there a dis- isn't there, isn't it conflicting on some degree? Yeah. On what we're teaching and what the actual actuality that's supposed to be going on. Um, yeah. And, and that understanding to me is where, where things get messed up. Um, but yeah, to me, it's all God who changes hearts and, and fixes it. And it's like, again, comes down to which order is, is everything happening, you know? So, yeah. I, right. And I'm not saying that like people shouldn't need any guidance, but like, yeah, I think for me and my experience, it's just a matter of, I really think that over time, God has just revealed to me the reality of the brokenness of all humanity of every single human. That's why like 
I'm not surprised when some high profile pastor ends up, you know, that they have been in a, having an affair, whatever it is. That's just the cliche thing. I mean, it happens, yeah. but like, that's not surprising to me like that. He's a human being. Like, of course he has issues. Of course there are things that he has secrets about. Like everybody does. And so it's not, it shouldn't be surprising when that happens. Right. And so, but I think that's like the start, right? It's like, God, help me understand and really know that like I'm no better than anybody else, that everybody is just a human being and they're trying to get through life. And some people have different experiences through childhood and they've put them on a path that looks drastically different than mine. And that doesn't make them any less than me. Mm-hmm. And it really is like, I don't know. I, I struggle to understand how much of it is like actively God molding your heart versus maybe like experience, like, uh, like going to a different country. Like I went on a mission trip to Haiti and I really think that mission trip really opened my eyes to like poverty because it's so different. Like it's literally, you can be in Haiti from where we are. We can be in Haiti, two plane rides from my here to Miami to Miami to Haiti in like three and a half, four hours. It's like, but it's a world of difference. It's a totally different world where kids don't have parents because they died and, um, the earthquake, which was a long time ago now, but it's still, they're still anyway. So that whole experience, like I feel like opened my eyes to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So does that play a part? Like, does, or is God using that to help mold my heart? You know? So what, so then it, can I even say to somebody who hasn't had any type of experience outside of themselves, like it's not their fault that they don't know how to love people. It's not their fault because they haven't had an experience in which God can use to mold them. Right. I mean, I, I see it's a fair question, but whose fault is it that they also haven't had that opportunity? Well, okay. So, but again, like everybody has different abilities. Everybody has a different level of monetary status. Like if you're yeah. a kid and your parents are dirt poor, like you can't go afford to, to go Haiti. anywhere. And you know what I'm saying? Like, but you can maybe go downtown. You sure. Know, you can find, if you want to search for being in a different environment, regardless of the poverty air, you can find different ways, even if it's, your own street. Like, I mean, if you want to see different environments, you just get out of your current environment. Yeah. Um, but again, people don't like getting out of that. You know, you feel safe in your bubble. You, your bubble has people who think like you. You're not, you won't be challenged to qu- help somebody else grow or question, what am I doing something wrong? Are they doing something wrong? You, you just get in a, a bubble where everybody's doing the same thing. We all like the same teams. We all like the same sports ideas there's no argument you know but yeah by doing that you know it's like where are you giving god an opportunity to speak to you because it's like all you're hearing is the same thing that's in your mind you know yeah so what i'm and what i'm really getting at too is like you know we talk about people looking down at other people but are we looking down at people who are looking down at other people we're looking down oh Are we saying, wow, why, why haven't you gotten to this point of understanding and of love that we have? Yes, I, I might be, I might be of that sin <laughs> if that's a sin, well, um, I, because it's like, yeah, I actually, I would have to say, I, I get really annoyed by people who look down on other people. I do too. And then I actually look at them as struggling to have true love yeah. that they're supposed. To, I'm like, yeah, you have not realized that you're supposed to love that person. And I don't know why I'm okay with that, though. 
that's different in terms of especially if what you're doing is to me hurting the kingdom in the in the in a facet that you think is supposed to be helping it I'm, again, I'm not looking down upon them and like you're a worse Christian, but I'm like for the kingdom, if I see you're drawing people away, then I mean, that's just a natural thing of hey, you know, your method clearly has drawn some people away by doing that. There should be a different method. Yeah. So it's not necessarily looking down, but it's like, no, you need to fine tune how you are doing it. You have the correct energy, but tune it to be done differently, you know, and that's part of correcting your brothers. You know, it's like we're all on the same team, but, hey, if somebody is shooting on the wrong basketball goal, I mean, you got to be like, hey, you know, please just shoot it that way. You know, keep that energy, but let's go this way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't disagree, but it's just interesting to think about. Like, yeah, I, I think I mean, it comes full circle. Like It does. I mean, that's what's like, it, it, that's the worst part is you see how I'm quickly accepting, like, that's, I don't know if that's something I'll change. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it, it's like, we're okay. Again, it comes back to the, I'm okay with that sin of mine, you know, of, because I'm not judging them for doing it, but I'm like, now when I talk to that same person, now I have to jump over those walls that you created. Right. You know, it's like, so am I focusing on the wrong person? Should I actually stop focusing on that person that they're talking to? Start with them. Yeah. And I think that's another big issue. It's like sometimes we're using so much energy on these outside, oh, non-believers, whatever. But the inside of the church has a lot of work in itself. Those people inside the church, there's a lot more groundwork that needs to be done versus just even the pastor preaching. There's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done on the individual pews. Yeah. I Yeah. I, I just, no matter what, no matter which way we, you and I twist and turn it, like I think, Everything that we're saying, though, comes from I'm the idea right. that we're doing it better. We're doing it better. Somebody else is doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> True. And and and, and I'm not like I'm not. May, maybe we are doing it better. I don't know. And again, that's and what saying I'm saying. We're making too many compromises, and so they're doing it better. Sure. <laughs> you know? And that's what. And so this is again. This all comes back to my whole thing of I don't know. I'm just doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, and if it's wrong, well, okay. Maybe I'll figure that out one day. And if it's not, then maybe I will figure that out one day. But like, and this is why I, I, I really think that we could all do well with a dose of, hey, just pause before you go and tell that person that you think they're wrong and you're right. And just think about maybe they're not. And maybe, like, I really think that the world would be a better place in general if we would all just start with a, a stance of humility, right? Of, wait a second, maybe I don't have this figured out. Mm-hmm. But as an evangelistic Christian, how the crap can you do that? Right. Because if you believe you're supposed to evangelize to everybody, then you it has to start from a place of I have the truth and you need to know it. And so therefore, what I believe is true and the way that I'm living is right and the way that you believe is not true and the way that you're living is not right. And that is opposite in a way of like what humility is. True. Humility is... May, in the I got I'm lowering myself, yeah. you know, because yeah. I don't, I'm just trying to, and that's why this is, a, these are the things that go around on in my head, right? <laughs> All the time. Like, because on the one hand I was taught at, to be an evangelistic Christian, right? And then it's like, but well, I'm also taught to be like full of humility. And I don't know, like I get they, that if I believe that this is true, then I should tell people. But also that means there's so much inside of that. There's so much inside of what I believe is true. That conflicts with the other Yeah. Side. And it, right. And it's, but there's some like if I'm trying to tell you this is how you should live, well then that means 
Therefore, at some level, I'm saying I'm better and I'm right. And that is not what humility is. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a way to be humili- to have humility while you're doing that. But, and, and there probably is, but like at the base of that, that seems like there's somewhat of a conflict there. And so I just think that we would do better if we just really embraced humility and just put other people in front of us, right? And said, like, it's not a matter of you have to change, you, you have to assume that what they're doing is better than what you're doing, right? So if you believe someone's living in sin, you can believe that, but like having the attitude of humility towards that person doesn't mean that you have to go and join them in that sin. It just means that you don't have to take a stance of you need to change, like at all, like you don't, that isn't, to me, that doesn't even have to be a thing that you think, right? Because again, the whole goal is show this person love. Tell this person that the reason I love you so much and continue to love you is because Jesus loves me and he's called us to love people. That's it. Nothing else. There's no, there's, there's no, there's no other, there's nothing there. That's it. And then if that, and if God wants that person to know him, then he will use that and that person will get to know him. And then on the path of his life, of his or her life in their Christian walk, perhaps God will reveal to them that what they were doing before they became a Christian needs to be stopped. It's not, I, I just don't think that's our job to do that. And so I think it just starts with a healthy dose of humility. Even in the case of what we're doing now, Right. I mean, I, I agree, especially with 90% of all that. Um, I mean, sometimes we are supposed to be, you know, sharpening each other. Each um, other, yes. Yes. Uh, but so it's, if, we're, if you and I are of the same belief yeah. and we're walking the same path, yeah. there's room for us to be yeah, after sharpening we, each other. After we've developed that relationship of love and you can tell every correction now is coming from a loving standpoint. Right. Yes. Um, it's like sometimes now you don't forget to take that step away, like, by the way, this has been bothering me. You got to change this, you know, or I feel like you should. And at least turning it into a convo and they're like, nah, I don't think so. And that, but don't be like, I'm not going to bring it up. If I feel like you're my brother, you're doing something wrong. I, I got to bring it up. Right. It, yeah. And there definitely, definitely form some sort of conversation. Yes. Right. Like it's, I don't know. I mean, I think in general, most people aren't going to be totally receptive to you have to change, but like yeah. just being like, I, can we, can we talk about this? Like I, you, this is something that you're doing and I don't feel okay with it. Like, I feel like I would be convicted if I was doing that. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on it. Yeah. And then going from there and trying to figure it out. Like, but I mean, let's be real. Do we don't even do that with each other? Yeah. Not you and I, Yeah. but general Christian you, like most people don't really do that with each other. So, and what do we do? We actually just like, like secretly pass judgment on the other people. And so if we aren't even having those discussions with each other, Again, like, who are you to then go and judge people who don't even believe in God? <laughs> like, they don't have any criteria. They don't have any standard for what they think is right or wrong. So why would you go and pass judgment on them anyway? Yeah. It is what it is. <sighs> wow, I, I'm still full. <laughs> Surprisingly, that was exactly the thought. I maybe just, it's the maybe no, it's the like, <laughs> maybe saw, it's the pastry. It's like filling. I, I think because I literally saw a little piece of chicken. I was like, "How do I spare some chicken?" And I really want, thought about eating it. And, and then, then you I were could, like, "Wait a second. I could feel the food is still like at my throat. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it still hasn't even gone. Right, we have committed <laughs> gluttony. Oh, and we need to address. 
You know I'm, what, Jimmy? I actually repented. Like, I'm one of those weird people, like, right after I said, like, from a kid, like, I have to immediately, like, so every life. meal, after every meal, you're like, oh, crap. Not after every meal. God, I don't I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it's like, if I lie, everything, it's like, I feel like I'm supposed to be like, immediately like, hey. God, All right. <laughs> Jimmy is a super Christian. And you can check <laughs> us out on Thursday Night Stir Fry.com. I'm just a man. <laughs> just a boy with a dream. Uh, yeah. So check us out on the website, um, Thursday Night Stir Fry.com. Thursday Night Stir you can get uh, food recipes and stuff there um, and Especially links to one. everything else. Pesto. No. Puffy. <laughs> puffy pastry chicken. <laughs> Puff pastry pesto chicken. Puff pastry pesto chicken. Puff pastry pesto. That's really hard. <laughs> yeah, it was like puff pastry. Pe- it's like Irish <laughs> wristwatch. <laughs> Irish wristwatch. <laughs> <laughs> he said Irish uh, wristwatch. Irish uh, wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. <laughs> she sells. Um, but it's all right. Thursday night, stirfry.com. Yep. You can get that. Check us out um, there. Appreciate it. Love you. All right. All right, y'all. Peace out. Boodle.